And uh, man, during worship, thank you guys for the worship, worship band. That was awesome. Uh, during the worship, I just saw Jesus in my mind's eye. I just saw Jesus walking down the center aisle, unzipping this big zipper uh, down the middle of the church. And uh, it reminded me of when Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple was torn in two. And it literally uh, made a way where there had been separation, the separation of sin. It made a way for the people into the Holy of Holies. I just saw him kind of unzipping that tonight again of just prophetically saying the heavens are open, that we can walk into the fullness that God has for us. And Scripture invites us to come boldly and confidently before the throne of, before the throne of God to receive help and mercy in our, in our time of need. So that's the invitation for us this morning, this morning, this evening. Uh, there's an open heaven, and there's a God who has open arms, just saying, once you come by faith and receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Um, this week, being with your church, I just want to say to you guys, the harbor, you guys are a beacon of light in, in a dark area. Uh, we are so honored and blessed to walk with your church as a sister church, as a grandparent church at Antioch in Waco. Uh, you guys really are like, I know you're a harbor, you're a safe haven for people to come in, but you're also a beacon of light. And I want to talk tonight about uh, faith for the supernatural. Uh, but as I do, we're coming from the context that... Uh, that uh, God is for us and that you guys are, as you receive from God, you truly are a beacon of light to this area. And God is establishing and extending his kingdom through you uh, as you uh, submit to him and give yourselves to him. And one of the things that stood out the most this week that several of my teammates have commented on is the faith of uh, your leadership and the faith of the people that, uh, that go to church here. And uh, one of the passages of scripture that has absolutely rocked my world over the past couple of years is uh, from Matthew 8, verses 5 through 10. And it's a story of a a centurion coming to Jesus, and he he has a paralyzed servant who's laying uh, sick at home, and he's pleading with Jesus, would you come, or would you you heal my servant? And Jesus says, yeah, I'll come, and I'll I'll heal your servant. And he says, actually, Jesus, you don't even need to come under my roof, because I'm actually not worthy for you to come under my roof. But if you just say the word, my servant will be healed, because I, too, am a man of authority, And I have servants under me, and if I say, go, this one goes, and if I say, do this, this servant will do this, all you have to do is say the word. And Jesus' response has absolutely floored me. He says that Jesus marveled at his faith, and he said that there is not a man or a woman that's been found in Israel with as much faith as this this, uh, Gentile. And... uh, you know, I'm impressed by a lot of things. Uh, I'm impressed that the Texas Rangers won their first World Series game last night. Uh, I'm impressed that the Baylor Bears, my alma mater, are 7-2. and two. You guys may not be. I know BU for you is Boston University. BU for me is Baylor University. We have not had a winning season in like four decades. So um, it was a great year. I'm impressed by, I'm often impressed by financial success or prowess, you know, somebody's intellect. Uh, and uh, Jesus walked around, and he, he interacted with a lot of very impressive people, uh, to, in, in my mind. He interacted with the Romans, who had all political power and military might. He interacted with tax collectors who were, who were rich, and he, he, uh, he interacted with, uh, with strong men and women. But the one thing that it said, uh, the one thing that I found in Scripture that Jesus marveled at, and I'd really submit to you, I think it's the only time that Jesus was impressed by somebody, was in this passage, and he was impressed by faith. It's not might, it's not riches, it's not power, it's not intellect that impresses God because he already possesses all that. Uh, but he was impressed by this centurion's faith. 
And uh, I really believe that God is pleased, His pleasure is resting on this church. As you guys believe in faith for your community and as you stand in faith and you respond by faith to Him and to His Word, that His pleasure rests on this church. And I want to live my life in such a way that I please God and I'm living for eternity. And uh, Scripture says in Hebrews 11.6 that without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. And uh, a quote that I heard recently that has helped me grasp this concept is that faith is simply an intelligent response to God's faithfulness. Faith is not something that you have to conjure up or muster. Uh, Faith is a byproduct. As we gaze at God and behold God and we grow in revelation of who God is, faith is merely a byproduct. And my wife, uh, five years, Steph in the back, uh, phenomenal woman of God, Uh, you'd be blessed to get to know her. After five years, we've had a lot of conversation, a lot of difficult times, a lot of fun times, and I've gotten to see over and over and over and over again her faithfulness, her faithfulness to God, her faithfulness to me, her trustworthiness. So if I had something of great value and I was looking for somebody to entrust that thing to, I know that I would find a faithful woman in staff, a faithful person to entrust that to. And our faith, we we put faith in something. Everybody is, is made to, to put faith in something. And I've found that over and over and over and over again, God's word stands true. That there is no one more faithful and more trustworthy. And uh, my prayer for myself and my family is, uh, is out of Ephesians 1. And it's that, uh, that I would have the spirit of wisdom, that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Uh, because as we do, as our minds are open to who Jesus really is and who the Father really is and who the Holy Spirit really is, that my life will simply be a response of faith. Amen? And um, I want to read a scripture out of Mark 1, because uh, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, our questions are not, they don't have to do so much with, uh, can God do the supernatural? Can he heal the sick? Can he raise the dead? Can he drive out demons? Can he cleanse lepers? Can he save a lost soul? I think most of us, most believers would say, yeah, he can. I don't doubt God's ability um, to do these things. I think most of us, though, would question his willingness. You know, is he willing to do that? Does he actually want to do that in my life? Does he actually want to heal me? Does he want to uh, lift me up? Does he want to drive out the darkness? And, and uh, even, I think the bigger question is, would he want to do that through me? Could he actually release his power through me to lay my hands on somebody and see them physically recover? To say to somebody in a wheelchair, stand up and walk, and for that to actually happen? It's this disconnect. I think most of us would say, yeah, he can do that if he wanted to. And there was a leper in in Mark 1 who had the same question. A leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And this scripture is one that stood out to me most for, for this church tonight is to, uh, to communicate the message that Jesus is willing. He was willing then, and he is still willing today. The leper had it straight. He, he said, uh, uh, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He knew that God could. He knew that Jesus could, but he didn't know his character yet. He didn't know that Jesus had compassion. He didn't, he didn't know if Jesus was going to be willing. He asked him, are you willing? And I think that's the question in most of our hearts of, God, I know you can do this, but are you willing? Are you that kind? Are you that 
would you just distribute that kind of grace and mercy in my life and through me? And uh, the answer, I believe, is yes. A resounding a little bit. Uh, the supernatural should be just that. Supernatural. Very, very natural. The supernatural should be the most common expression of the Christian life. It should be extremely natural for us to walk in the supernatural. And uh, I just I want to challenge all of us, including myself, is our theology tonight on the supernatural based on our experience or on the Word of God? Uh, I, I gave my life to the Lord in eighth grade, and I walked for years uh, as a Christian, as a believer, um, in love with God. He was transforming my life, but I didn't see people healed. I didn't see the dead raised. I didn't see these, these types of things because I hadn't experienced them. It wasn't that maybe I, I disbelieved that God could do it. I simply hadn't, hadn't experienced it. And slowly a theology was built around my experience that backed up uh, what I had or hadn't seen. And, uh, and I wrapped the scripture around my experience and around the theology I had based on my lack of, of experience. Does that make sense? Um, and uh, I just want to track through briefly a few scriptures uh, just to re- recalibrate our minds to what the Bible really does say about the supernatural. Uh, the first is just the life of Jesus. Uh, most of us are familiar with the ministry of Jesus, that uh, his ministry was, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you could uh, quantify the miracles that, uh, that even the, the Bible talks about. And I think it's at the end of John that John says, uh, the, the and all the books of the world couldn't contain the acts of Jesus. So who knows what type of power was really demonstrated through his life while he walked on earth. But in some cities, he would just heal. It just says he healed all who were sick. I mean, how many people are sick in Beverly? Uh, he walked in, great power to raise the dead. He cleansed lepers. Demons would literally beg him for mercy, <laughs> you know? It's not a, a, you know, we're here in Halloween, walking around Salem, you see people scary masks and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, you can walk in authority and confidence because even the darkness was begging for mercy from Jesus. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. Amen? Amen. Jesus walked in power. But not only that, he empowered his disciples to walk in the same power. Matthew 10, 7 and 8, he said, uh, as you go, he's sending out the disciples to go and minister in the surrounding villages to the very places that he himself would go and follow up. He said, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you've received from me. Freely give. And uh, then you see the disciples going out and doing that very thing. They come back to Jesus, and they're overjoyed, it said, because they said, even the demons are submitting to us. And Jesus said, that's great, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. All throughout Scripture, you see then in the book of Acts, Peter and Paul, these amazing lives of, of ministry in the supernatural. And, uh, I mean, to where Paul, just a handkerchief that Paul had touched was healing people. Peter's shadow would land on people and they'd be healed. Um, you see it extending beyond that as the people that the disciples were ministering to are, are operating in the same power. In uh, Acts chapter 10, you have Cornelius whom uh, Peter was sent to uh, extend the gospel of Jesus Christ outside of just the circle of the Jews. Verses 44 through 46, while Peter was still speaking these words, talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. 
for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. All right, so here's the third generation. You have Jesus operating in the, in the ministry of his Father, extending the kingdom of heaven, the expression of the heart of God uh, to everyone he came into contact with. He passed it on to a second generation, his disciples. He empowered them. And the, at the end of Matthew, he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. So you have the disciples going out, passing it on to a third generation. Titus and Timothy and Cornelius and Apollos and Priscilla and Aquila. You have these guys operating in the same type of ministry, demonstrating the same power and uh, the same expression of, of tangible love that God was pouring out through Jesus himself. And uh, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, he says to his disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Um, and I, I got to admit, I, it's been a slow journey for me. It's been a faster journey for some. But breaking off that crusty experiential theology uh, that I had built up about the miraculous, about the supernatural, about what God will and won't do today. Uh, and I'd say if we were honest, we'd probably all have our stories. And some are maybe still saying, I don't believe that God is still healing and still uh, raising the dead, these these kind of bizarre things, mainly because we haven't seen or experienced it. But throughout Scripture, you have generation after generation of uh, people walking in the supernatural. And then you go throughout church history. If you've studied church history, you have virtually every century, you have these great outpourings of the Spirit of God in various places on the earth. Uh, even the more recent history with the Moravians and Count Zinzendorf in the 18th century, uh, impacting people like John Wesley, who started these great reformations and revivals. Um, the Welsh Revival, the earliest, early 20th century that it eventually extended over to California and the Azusa Street Revival that birthed the modern-day Pentecostal movement. Just testimony after testimony, countless historians testifying to the, the goodness of God being poured out in, in the miraculous and the signs and wonders and people being healed and uh, words of knowledge being given that people had no business knowing except for a revelation by the Spirit of God, the dead being raised and these these, these crazy things are happening. I want to say all over uh, the world today, I've had the privilege of traveling to uh, a lot of different nations, ministering to people, preaching the gospel, and it's happening all over the world today. Uh, I, I could tell stories all uh, evening about the power of God being poured out in some of the poorest places of the earth because the people there are so filled with faith because they have no other uh, person or institution to depend on. And so God is healing the sick cleansing literally hospital wings in Indonesia where we were ministering in the island of Irian Jaya uh, in Mexico and in China and India. Just unbelievable outpourings of God. And one of the churches that Antioch planted in Mongolia has since just seen a church planting movement and there was a testimony recently of a, uh, a woman who went to a village and prayed for a man who, who had died and he wasn't raised from the dead just then. She left, came back a week later and a man greets her on the road and uh, it was the man she had prayed for. He had come back to life after she had left. And uh, half the village came to Christ in that evening. Um, I have yet to see the dead raised. I've prayed a couple of times. Uh, and I'm believing that in my lifetime I'll see the dead raised. Amen? Um, but, uh, but stepwise, bit by bit, as my faith is being increased, as I'm having a, a deeper understanding revelation of the heart of God, that he is willing that his heart is towards me and towards the people around me. It's really not about me anyway. His heart is for the people that 
that uh, are broken and needy and hurting, uh, but more and more so seeing just trickles and streams of uh, walking in the supernatural. And I want to highlight that word natural. Uh, again, it's supernatural. It should be very, very normal uh, in the life of the believer. And uh, even last night out on the streets of Salem, we felt like the word for us last night was just to go out with joy. So we, uh, at one point, were rolling around the leaves, uh, having a leaf fight, and uh, we buried our friend Josh in a pile of leaves and had him play the flute uh, under the leaves. So there was like this musical pile of leaves, and people would walk by. People would walk by and stop because the leaves were playing Christmas carols. And, uh, but in the midst of that, we saw us, uh, eight people healed and seven people give their lives to Jesus last night. Uh, amen. I just want to tell a couple of stories just to build your faith. Again, uh, uh, in Revelation it says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Uh, so as we're testifying to what Jesus is doing, we're prophesying about what will happen and continue to happen in increasing measure. Uh, just a few uh, weeks ago, um, we were uh, in our training school, we were just prophesying. We were sharing words uh, of uh, encouragement, exhortation with the students, and uh, we were praying for this one girl in front of, just kind of like in this setting, from the front, and the 50 students are sitting in the, in the seats, and uh, a scripture reference popped into my mind, Isaiah 43, 2, and I didn't know what it said, so I looked it up, and it's, even though you pass through the fire, you won't be burned, even though you pass through the waters, which is a good sign, because, you know, I, in, middle, in the middle of Isaiah, he's like pronouncing woes on all these cities, so I was hoping it was something good, um, and it was, and so I... From the front, I uh, said, Caleb, just the scripture popped in my mind. I don't know, I didn't know what it said. I looked it up. This is what it says. So as I'm reading it, um, you know, I look up and she's just heaving, you know, weeping. And uh, I asked her later, I was like, hey, what, what was going on there? What, why did that speak to you so much? She was like, well, over and over again throughout my life, at, key, at crucial moments, somebody uh, will come and share that scripture with me. Uh, or God will just speak to me through that scripture. And, and she's like, this is kind of a crucial moment starting this school. And, and the fact that of, all, you know, of the thousands of verses that God highlighted that verse to you uh, just speaks that God is with me, he's for me. Um, and uh, so that's encouraging, right? So I, of the tens of thousands of scriptures, or tens of thousands, I don't know how many, John could probably tell me how many scriptures there are in the Bible. Uh, I think there's over 10,000 scriptures in the Bible, verses. And the one scripture that, that has repeatedly throughout her life uh, been used to encourage her, just pops into my mind. I didn't know what it said. Uh, and that, I want to walk in that more and more because it helped her. It encouraged her that God was for her. He's with her. He knows her needs. He knows her by name. He knows what's going to encourage her. And um, the week before we came up here on the outreach, we were just going around Waco, uh, walking down the streets, just talking to whoever would talk to us. And uh, we... Uh, these two girls I was with, there was uh, a couple that had walked into a house, so followed uh, them up onto the porch, knocked on the door, said, hey, we're just walking around praying for people in the name of Jesus, seeing we can bless this area. Is there any way we can pray for your family? And they said, well, actually, yeah, our, our mom or aunt, I can't remember which one, is in bed. She's bedridden. She can't use her legs. She had this surgery recently. Uh, it wasn't that she was paralyzed. She just couldn't use her legs from this, seat, this knee surgery, double knee surgery. So I said, great, well, we'd love to come in and just and pray for her and bless her. So we go in, and uh, bedridden, and one of the girls just explains, hey, we're followers of Jesus. We believe that in the name of Jesus that you could be made well. And she said, oh, I'm actually a follower of Jesus, too. That's great. Why don't you pray? 
so said a simple prayer, God, we just speak healing to these knees in Jesus' name. And uh, all of a sudden, she lifts them up in bed. She just starts bending her knees. Uh, and she was encouraged. She hadn't been able to do that before. And we're like, well, do you think you can stand? And she said, well, no, they still feel pretty weak. We're like, okay, we'll pray again. Pray it again in the name of Jesus. Speak healing over these knees. We just release healing. Would you bless our friend in Jesus' name? How do you feel? And she's like, oh, I feel like tingling. I feel like fire coming down into my legs. We're like, okay, great. So she swung her legs over and started putting her feet on the ground, rocking her feet back and forth. She's like, I think I can stand. And so she gets help up, and she starts taking some baby steps around the room. And uh, so we pray again. God would release full healing. We want full restoration in Jesus' name. And she starts jogging around the room. <laughs> And just glorifying God, praising God. I, I'm healed. I'm healed. And she, uh, she wasn't going to be able to go to work. She was one of the providers for her family, a poor Hispanic part of town. And, and uh, she's glorifying God, saying, I'm going to get to return to work tomorrow. I can return to work tomorrow. Uh, just a very natural, it was a supernatural uh, event that took place. It wasn't uh, this blinding light that came into the, the bedroom and an angel walked in and prophesied, you know, in three years there's going to be famine and... It was just a very natural, natural event that the kingdom of God is in us, Jesus is in us, and he's just waiting for, for somebody to release him on the people that he loves. So uh, we got to go and release the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, you know, Jesus walked around preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. And what was the kingdom of God? Well, he was the kingdom of God because he is the king. And wherever the king is, the kingdom is. And the king is in you and me as believers. He's just waiting to be released <clears throat> into a hurting world. Uh, a couple more stories. Um, <clears throat> Jeremy Puzz and I were walking around uh, North Shore Mall just a few days ago and uh, uh, had waited on the Lord beforehand. Just, God, would you speak to us? And, and uh, if you didn't know that God speaks today, he does still. Uh, John 10, uh, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, that the sheep would hear his voice and follow him because they know his voice. And so, we're just saying, God, is there anybody on your heart today that you'd love to go minister to? And just had a picture of a blue shirt pop in my mind. It's like, okay, just log that away. Wrote it down on my little slip of paper. So I was walking around, <clears throat> walking to the North Face store. There's a woman wearing a blue shirt. I was not feeling particularly spiritual. I had not had any uh, transcendent visions or anything. I just walked up to her and said, hi, uh, we're from Texas, or I'm from Texas. We're just walking around praying for people in the name of Jesus. Love to bless you today. Is there any way we can pray for you? And she said, is this a business? Are you guys doing this for money? And I said, no, no. Uh, actually, uh, God just transformed my life. I was very, very lost, very addicted to a lot of things. And God set me free. And we just love talking about him and want everybody to have the opportunity to meet him. And uh, she's like, wow, that's amazing. And so we just started talking about the gospel. She had questions and very open. And uh, we got to pray for healing for her. We didn't see her healed. Um, but uh, we didn't uh, just walk away and think, oh gosh, God's not moving. Uh, I don't see everybody healed that we pray for, but we prayed for her. Didn't see her healed, but as we're praying, I uh, just had this thought come to mind of that she's really strived for her parents' approval, and she's strived for God's approval. So after we got done praying, just, just shared that with her, like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I, just, I think that God's really pleased with you, that you don't have to strive for his approval and the blood of Jesus is actually like a covering over you. If you'll come under his covering, it, uh, it's like a shield. And you don't have to carry the weight that you've carried. You know, and tears are welling up in her eyes. And just in the middle of the North Face, you know, she was folding clothes. She was like, what are you guys doing? This is crazy. She's like, you're making me emotional. Um, the Spirit of God was touching her. And we got to bless her and explain the gospel. And, 
and plant a, a great seed that she's going to carry around with her the rest of her life. And, and uh, she could not deny that she met grace and, and the power of God and the love of God in that moment. Amen? Amen? I want a couple of my teammates to come up and just share a couple more stories. Is this helping? Is this faith building? Um, you know, the, the message, the main message I feel like God wanted me to communicate is just this is supernatural. This is not... Uh, you don't have to be a super apostle or a holy man or woman to, to walk in this. The Bible calls all believers saints, uh, and saints operate in the power of God. So I want my friends just to share a couple of extra, a couple more stories. All right. Oh, it's on. Um, my name's Austin, and I'm up here on Elevate Team. And the other day we went down to Salem, and so, I mean, it was just crazy. Lots of people walking around in costumes and little devils walking around and it was kind of like scary but not because there's people that God really wants to love and so we've got a sign up that says free healing. I mean be bold right? And so um, this woman's walking by. She's walking by with this whole group of people and she like sees free healing. She's like what are you healing? And we're like everything. And so she and so she like yells at her group. They're walking away without her. She yells at her group. She's like hey guys I'm gonna get healed. Y'all stop while I get healed. And so her group turns around and like waits for her. She's like, I have this problem with my ankle. If I stand on it, it hurts really, really bad. And we're like, okay, well, just trying to get a feel. We're like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad does it hurt? She's like, if I stand on it fully, a 10 all the time. If I ever stand on it, it's a 10. So we're like, and she's like, can you guys take care of that? And we're like, yes. Okay. And so uh, we get a whole group of people around. And um, I just, I lean down. I, I put my hand on her ankle. It's just real quick. I wasn't feeling anything. I think it was like, just God wants to heal. So, okay, I stick my hand on her ankle. And I say, God, uh, we just thank you for this woman. We thank you for what you're doing in her life. I release your goodness and your kingdom in her. We just declare full healing in the name of Jesus and for all pain to be gone. And, like, I'm still praying. Like, I'm thinking you've got to do, like, this whole big, long, holy prayer, right? And, <laughs> and she's, like, still, she's, like, moving her foot. And I've, like, got my ankle on her. I'm like, hold still, woman. I'm praying for you. <laughs> She starts moving her ankle around. And she's like, look up. She's like, it feels good. And she turns around and she like rips her ankle away. <laughs> she starts jumping on it. She's jumping down. Like she's like jumping down the hall and she starts screaming to everyone around. She's like, my ankle's healed. It's healed. She's like, there's no pain. And she's jumping all around, spinning in circles. And we're like, God bless you. And she walks away. She's kicking it down the road. It was great. I didn't feel anything. Just put a hand on there, prayed, and God's good. Yeah. That's so good. My name is my name's Emily, and we're just here. I was, uh, this is also happened last night while we were in Salem. And while Josh is just playing his flute in the leaves, the pile of leaves, I just walk away, and I see this group of girls all in these costumes, and I just was walking up saying, hey, like, I like your costume. That's, these are really cool. Like, what are you, Pippi Longstocking? She's like, yeah. And, and so they're just like... <laughs> saying thank you, and I hear that they had, like, a weird accent, and I was like, where are you from? And so they're actually from Canada, and about two of them spoke, um, like, English very, like, very well, and a few understood a little bit, and the rest spoke French. So, um, I just started talking to them, hey, like, you know, and they asked me where I was from, I'm like, well, I'm from Texas, great, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, we're just here. Like, saying, hey, how can we bless people? How can we pray for people? And they're like, what? Like, you know, and so I was just like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And, um, like, do you guys have a relationship with Jesus? They're like, no, we don't. Um, like, what? what is that? You know, like, what? And so I just got to share with them, like, you know, something they've been taught about Jesus 
and, and things like that in, in school in Canada, but they were never told that he was alive, that Jesus is alive, that he, he's not just in the grave dead anymore, but that he rose again. And so I got to, they're like, like they've been lying to me like all my life I was like I was like well hey like this is it says it in the Bible like and so um they were all just so hungry for Jesus and so I said hey do you girls want to pray right now and just re- I asked Jesus to come live in your heart and they're like oh no like we need to go have meet somewhere and I was like oh it'll take like 30 seconds and they're like oh really like <laughs> I was like yeah so we prayed and I said hey let's like, you girls can just, like, sit and pray after me. So they did. They asked Jesus to come in their heart. And I said, okay, so now for about 20 seconds, let's just wait and be quiet and just see what God's speaking to you guys because you can hear God. And so, like, we just stood there. We waited, and they're like, oh, this is awkward. But they just waited and listened for Jesus. I, and so 20, quick 20 seconds, and I said, hey, what'd you hear? And they're like, I don't know. You know, this one girl goes, hey, I heard Jesus say that he loves me. And I was like, yes, like, you got it. Like, God's speaking, and he, and it's just out of normal things, and it's amazing. So God is moving in amazing ways. Amen. So that wasn't very difficult, was it? I mean, it sounded, I like your costume. (laughs) Um, no, you can pray to receive Jesus right here, and you can hear the voice of God uh, laying hands on the sick. Just in the name of Jesus, be healed. And, and it's that faith that is produced by understanding the faithfulness of God, that, that it's still his heart. He is still willing to extend his kingdom through his believers. Amen? Amen. Neil, where are we going from here? Yeah, Josh Booth, why don't you come on up in the worship team? <laughs> Yeah, why don't we all stand? You guys ready for a little supernatural time? (laughs) So, um... Hey, we, we just, you know, as you've noticed kind of over the last several weeks, after about a month, we've kind of changed things around. We're, we're, we're hearing the word first, and then we're kind of opening up this back end for responding to God and worshiping Him. So um, I just encourage you to do about one of two or three things. The first is you just engage with Jesus. As we worship, you just engage with Him. And you, you, you love Him through your worship. Last week, it gave me great joy when we, in this whole church, people were praying for one another. We kind of walked through this thing. Hey, God, would you have me pray for anyone? God spoke to you. I said, hey, God, what should I pray for them? And then God spoke to you, and then you did it. It was wonderful. And that, that's the other thing you can do here. When we open up this time for worship, you just maybe spend a song or two focusing on him. And then after a little while, you just open yourself up to that question. God, is there anyone here I can pray with. Or maybe what Mick has spoken is really getting you and you're saying, yes, I want to walk in this supernatural. And I just want you to know that Mick and the Elevate team in particular are here to pray for you if you're hungry to walk in more of the supernatural. Okay, we're going to begin there. 
And then in probably in a few minutes, I have some other things that I want to share, but I, I, I don't want to have us all drink from the fire hydrant right at once. We're just going to, little by little here, okay? So Holy Spirit, we love you. God, thank you that you're here. And Holy Spirit, thank you for the faith that is rising in our hearts because of the testimony of what God's doing. Just a few people just saying, hey, what would happen if we started to love people on the streets of Salem? What would happen if we started to pray for people in the name of Jesus? What would happen if we started to communicate in a loving way God's desire for others? Look what happens, God. When a few people set to do it, they become world changers and people's destinies are changed forever for the sake of eternity. So Holy Spirit, we just give you full rule and reign now. As we worship Jesus.